We all have secrets from our past that we don't want revealed. What is it you're hiding? Hulu's critically acclaimed drama The Path explores the mysterious world of a controversial cult in upstate New York. Aaron Paul, Michelle Monaghan, and Hugh Dancy star as three people at the center of this controversial cult, all of whom carry dark secrets that, if revealed, could destroy their lives and the cult. Season 2 of The Path is now streaming only on Hulu. New episodes, Wednesdays. Shannon Miller at Lizlet on the Twitters. I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And uh, you are hopefully enjoying this podcast uh, after, after the Super Bowl, because if you were joined it before the Super Bowl, how did you get a hand, your hands on it? I haven't edited it yet. Magic. Magic. Yes. Uh, you probably watched the Super Bowl uh, this weekend. Maybe you didn't. There's actually probably a good chance you didn't. Apparently, as even though the Super Bowl ratings increase every year, uh, they the actual number of people who watches it goes down. Really weird, weird quirk of population and all that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Are you looking forward to the Super Bowl? Um, sure. <laughs> you sound really excited about it. Well, I mean, I don't really have a horse in this race, so it's it's it is what it is. The ads are all going to be available online. It looks like before the Super Bowl even starts, which to me just takes the thrill out of it. I understand the scheme, like it it it. You're getting a lot more for what you've built by releasing it online, letting it be found then, seeing it again on the air, you know, letting people discover it afterwards, et cetera, et cetera. Longevity is key. To me, the, there's something special about having that Super Bowl commercial that just comes out of nowhere and hits you in the face. And it's like, that was great. And it was there, and then it was gone. Yeah. Well, I feel like maybe, you know, hopefully when, you, when you're when you watching the Super Bowl, uh, you, gentle listener, this, that is, not Ben, um, you know, perhaps perhaps the crowd you're watching with will have an impact on it, though. Like, you know, you know, people will have their strong reactions, negative or positive. Um, yes. I don't know. But what do you, what the, do you mean? The, what was that again? What do you mean? I don't know. Like, don't you ever feel influenced? Like, if you're watching something with a large group of people, like, don't you ever feel influenced by like the people you're watching with? Well, sure. That's what I mean. But that doesn't really have anything to do with the commercials. Yeah, commercials too. But not if you've already seen them a bunch of times. Yeah, but let's presume that you have friends who haven't seen them yet. Mm, no, that doesn't make it any more special for me. Okay. Well, fine then. Here's the thing that we're really that's really interesting, though, is the Super Bowl exists in many respects for a lot of different reasons, for many different people, as an advertising platform, as an opportunity to watch an actual football game, what have you. But for the networks, it's also a big opportunity for them to do a big launch of some show. And... It's actually one of it's one of my favorite traditions is finding out what the post Super Bowl show is going to be, even if like I'm not even really planning on watching it. It's always interesting. Mike Schneider guessed it correctly this year. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was, was on it early. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because he, I guess he nailed it back in like May. Yeah, he was way back. Yeah. I mean, as soon as you knew Fox had it, you, he he knew kind of when they were holding certain shows and when they were aiming to release certain shows, etc. Uh, so he called 24 Legacy pretty early on. Nice. It was solid. Yeah, and I and that's think... That's why he gets paid the big bucks. That's why he gets paid Those the big, big bucks. big journalism dollars. Yes, many, many, money. That's why we get into this business. You know it. Um, but, yeah, and, I mean, the thing that's interesting about it, though, is what do you think of 24 Legacy as a post-Super Bowl show? Well, that's a very loaded question, Elizabeth. I mean, what do you mean? Like because I've seen you, it or without seeing it, without seeing. Let's start with that. Without seeing it, uh, without seeing it seems like a perfect fit. It's got 
a lot of action. Uh, a lot of people tuning in for the Super Bowl obviously enjoy a good deal of action. Uh, most of them are red-blooded American men, heavy drinkers, you know, into sports, that kind of thing. If you're going after that demographic, then a lot of people shooting guns and running around like crazy. Seems like a, a peas in a pod. Interesting. Now let's let's throw in the fact that you have actually seen Twenty Four Legs. You've seen the first three episodes. It's a terrible choice because it's going to put a conversation on the national platform that Fox does not want you to have about Twenty Four Legacy. Which is which is this show is about a lot of bad brown people coming to kill the nice folks behind the white picket fences in America. Yep. I have also seen the first episode, and I cannot agree with you more. It's kind of a terrifying episode in that respect. Yep. I love, there is, guys, uh, one of the things, again, and we're going to get into this a little bit more, because it's a Super Bowl, and, and even though less people are watching, so many people are still watching, and because so many people are watching, so many people are going to stick around and watch whatever's on afterwards. That's just kind of how TV works. You forget to turn off the TV. Yeah, or your party is still going, and you just kind of, mm-hmm. you don't want to be the executive decision maker who changes it to something else, so you just let it go. So a lot of people are going to see this, and there's a scene very early on in which... The new Jack Bauer, who has nothing to do with Jack Bauer. Um, his name's Eric Carter. Played, played by, by Corey, Corey Hawkins. Hawkins. He's fine. Um, there's a scene in which they're attacked in their own home. Spoiler alert, they escape the attack. As they're leaving, they're, they're like driving. They're, they're running to their car that's parked in the driveway. They're backing out of the driveway. And in the background, as like background players, who were obviously put there for a reason by... Whoever was making this very bad show, there's like women wearing tracksuits walking. There's a woman pushing a stroller like down the sidewalk. It is the most idyllic, quaint, you know, any street USA that you can imagine. And for the last 20 minutes to a half hour, people have been have been shot at and stabbed and thrown around the building and bursting through windows and making all this horrific hubbub. And it's like, well, it's fine. We're just, we're cool with that. Like, it's not going to bother me. I'm on a walk here. Like, I've, it's neighborhood is peaceful and we're all safe until the brown people come. And that's where, again, we just get into a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, so, I mean, in many respects, in there's a, there's the flip side of what you're saying, which is that, in many respects, 24 Legacy does feel like a very apt choice for the post-Super Bowl slot. But I'm wondering, like... Yeah, but they don't want that discussion. It would be it would be an apt choice if there was a, a progressive discussion to be had. But it's just going to be a bunch of people who are offended by it versus a bunch of people who are just like, don't worry about it. It's just 24. So let's not you know, start those fires on a night when, you know, people are already pissed off because the Falcons just lost. P.S. I hope the Falcons don't lose, but I'm worried. Yeah, I think. I mean, you guys, you guys on the other side of this know who won. We do not, because we are recording this on Friday. Do you have a hunch, Liz, as to who's going to win? I'm ready for the Falcons, which probably means that the Patriots will win. <sighs> See, that's where I'm at too. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'd put a sandwich bet on. Yeah, I'm already in the hole too much on sandwich bets. I'll bet you that if the Patriots. If the Patriots win, okay, I'll do the next podcast in a Boston accent. That doesn't really do anything for me. It's embarrassing for me. I thought you'd enjoy that. Huh. Okay, sure. All right. All right. Bet has been made. You're our witnesses. Yes. Patriots win. You guys lose. 
Now we recruited a whole bunch more people to root for the Falcons. Great. Well, it's too late. Damn it. (laughs) Well, in terms of post-Super Bowl episodes, I mean, it's fun. It's fun to kind of play the game of like if, you know, the Super Bowl was saying on ABC, what would be the perfect show for them to air? Fresh off the boat. Interesting choice. Actually, I could see that because even like like doing a pairing of like their family sitcoms. Fresh off the boat and blackish. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I black like do a blackish hour long episode. No. No. I don't like that. Okay. <laughs> uh how about NBC? This is a fun game. Is the good place still running? Could they have saved their hour long good place? Yeah, sure. I'd do that. That's a good bet. Might be tricky considering uh considering how much you'd know going in though. So they may need something that's a little more standalone. Yeah. I mean they could have done power lifts if they had any faith in power lifts. They could have saved powerless, yeah. Um, they could have done Emerald City. Oh my god. Yeah. That would be that would rank among the biggest wastes of a post Super Bowl slot you could imagine. But would it be worse than wasting it on the late show if uh, Stephen I, Colbert? I think so, yes. Yeah. I stand by that decision. I still think that was a good plan. Really? I don't know if it was well executed and what was actually on the air, but I like the idea of trying to not rebrand him, but introduce him to the widest audience possible in the hopes that it clicks and people will seek him out. Because they're, they're, <coughs> they're clearly behind Stephen Colbert. They're clearly very invested in making him work. Um, so I, I liked the move. He's hosting the Emmys. I know, yeah. I like that too. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, modern day CBS. It would have still been. It would have still been cool if CBS had given it to Supergirl last year. Is there a way that they could kneel, like just take a knee and not do anything? CBS. Is there something on CBS? It would probably be Code Black, wouldn't it? Jesus, no, I don't think so. Actually, really? No. Why not? Uh, I don't think it's doing well enough in the ratings, and I don't think they're that that high on it. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, they might. I'm I'm hunching it here. Okay. So, I, I, I feel like they'd just punt and do like Big Bang Theory, something safe. You know, mm-hmm. after taking such a gamble with Colbert, you know, I, I think they might just play play up one of their big ones. Yeah. Okay. Final one. CW. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Crazy X. Right. Yeah. Sure. Do the counter programming route where you're trying to, you know, get a bunch of people, a bunch of women, I guess, to to tune in. To the Super Bowl in the hopes of catching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend whenever it happens to start and the Super Bowl ends? Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't know. Who knows? Who knows what could happen? Maybe America would finally, would actually be healed. If if only, they'd have to play Crazy Ex-Girlfriend if only because then, you know, if you if you didn't investigate the math too carefully, there would be a, an episode rated like, you know, <laughs> like 25 or, or 40. Yeah. And that would skew the ratings so much that it would look like they had a real competitor out there ratings wise and their ad dollars would shoot through the roof for season three yeah actually it was funny um i recently got to go to a screening of the series the season finale of crazy ex-girlfriend and afterwards uh the creator was explaining that the crazy ex-girlfriend has not great ratings they might be arguably called terrible but they are remarkably consistent. Like, and she's like, to a person, she's pretty sure the exact same crowd of people watches every week religiously. <laughs> like, and to, and she's like, and we pretty, we're pretty sure we know all of them because of Twitter. I don't think this is a good argument to make because if you make that argument and you actually believe it, then the next question is, why aren't they telling their friends to watch it? 
Maybe these people don't have a lot of friends, Ben. They they are sitting at home on Friday night watching Crazy See, Ex-Girlfriend. now we're digging the hole deeper. If, if you've got an audience that has no friends and no influence, then your ad dollars drop again. Look, Sci-Fi Channel built a very strong reputation on exactly that audience for years. Uh-huh. I feel, again, you understand <laughs> when I when I mention that you're digging a hole He's deeper. He's actually miming digging a hole right now, you guys. You know that that's a, a negative. Like that's that's damaging. You don't want that. You don't don't want to dig the hole. Hmm. You're in the hole. You need the hole to be shallow so you can get out and succeed. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know about this. <laughs> um. Are there any particular Super Bowl post episodes that you particularly remember fondly? Uh, I didn't want. I don't watch a lot of them. Um, really? Well, because you. Well, because you. You know, you grew up on the in in the middle of the country, where the Super Bowl air ends. When does the Super Bowl typically typically end in in like uh, the middle of the country? I mean, not that late, like eight. <coughs> um, no, no, eight or nine. Yeah, between eight and nine, probably. Um, so it's not it's not super late, and and by middle of the country, clearly you're referring to the majority of the country because the East Coast is even later. So everybody in Central and East Coast time, as well as Mountain time, is kind of neutral. Feels more towards this this spectrum, but mm-hmm. um, but no, I didn't. It wasn't anything to do with the time. It was just once the Super Bowl was over, we knew what shows we liked and we knew what shows we didn't. So we weren't going to stick around and invest in something that we knew we didn't want to watch. So it doesn't work as a sampling opportunity for a a family who's a little bit more careful about what they're going to invest their time in. Mm. Um, but I, I also just find it excruciating now <laughs> to sit through all of the ceremony that comes after the game is over. Like, I understand watching the game, even as a neutral party, uh, because it's exciting and the commercials are great and all that's fun. But you also know the commercials, the best of them are done by that point. They've run their run their course because you get you know more money for being – or you pay more money for airing during the game. Right. Um, and then they've got all that stuff where there's there's – athletes giving speeches and accepting awards and people talking about the game and and analyzing it and they don't typically even show a lot of highlights which Mm -hmm. bothers me like even if you just watched it the highlights are still kind of fun listening to people talk about what you just saw isn't that enlightening to me because usually there's not a lot of controversy it's usually pretty simple Um, and then those speeches are just agonizing so even if it's like a 30 minute break between end of the game and when the ever the episode starts I've already moved on that being said the Friends Super Bowl finale, or Super Bowl post-episode, is fantastic. It is. And it's, I think, like, I mean, it's, I believe it was the, we have a list here yeah. of, uh, from, from BuzzFeed of uh, 21 post-Super Bowl episodes by the numbers. Um, and Friends was watched by uh, 52.9 million people, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. And they, I mean... They played that perfectly. I mean, back then, you're going to have a big number like that anyway. You're never going to have really that kind of comparable digit these days. But Friends was a very accessible show. You didn't really need to know anything going in. It was episodic to a large degree, especially in those early days. They were friends. Yep, that's what you needed to know. Um, moreover, they brought in celebrities that they were able to highlight you know, during commercial breaks or ads or everything leading up to the big game and after the big game. So you've got Julia Roberts, you've got Brooke Shields, you've got Jean-Claude Van Damme. I mean, this this is exactly how you're going to sell it because then somebody who hasn't seen Friends or hasn't tried it out yet, they're going to be like, well, I mean, I love Jean-Claude Van Damme. Time cop. Priceless. So, in. Um, and you can, you've seen that 
to much lesser success these days. Uh, the New Girl post Super Bowl episode is by far and away one of the worst episodes of television ever created. Um, and I it, liked it. it. Yeah, you're insane. <laughs> um, we've gone over this before. That is just an objectively incorrect opinion. Um, but yeah, they they put Prince on there to lure you in with the idea of seeing Prince perform a, a new song on an episode of New Girl and. It didn't really work. So, um, yeah, it's terrible. Liz, save us here. Talk about something that you watched or your preferences well, I for the, after the Super Bowl. I mean, I definitely watched the Friends Super Bowl episode uh, when it aired. And then I – but the first time I really remember, like, getting – I remember getting actively mad at the post-game stuff you described uh, waiting for the X-Files to start. Um, that was the one I was really excited about. You've already seen it. No. What are you talking about? Wait. No, oh, that no, was the NFC Championship. No, yeah, that, that yeah. last year's NFC Championship. I was like, I think I wasn't even at, I wasn't even at home. I was, but I was w- watching on Twitter, like, watching, waiting for America to discover the joy that was My Struggle Part One, yeah. written and directed by Chris Carter. Yeah. How many? Remember we 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 went to the premiere of that, and we went and sat through it again. I've yeah, I've seen that thing like four times. I know. Me too. I don't understand why. It just kept happening yeah. over and over. I think I even like stumbled. I didn't even really mean to write an episode review for it. I just did. Oh no, we had episode reviews. No, we, I know, but we I think I, I think I wasn't really planning on doing them, and then it just kind of happened. I know. Um, we definitely assigned them to you. Well, I know. I th- <laughs> there's no one else who was going to do them. Yeah, we were expecting them from you. It oh was lord! Important. It was very important. I had a lot of things to say about the X Files. Yep. But no, the um, I'm talking about uh, the fourth season episode of The X-Files that premiered after the Super Bowl, which we had not seen. And it was basically like, it'd been teased in a really big way that it was like, America gets to meet The X-Files. Because this is also when, right at the transition point when the show had moved from Fridays to Sunday nights. So it wasn't just for the people at home who had no friends, um, and were, but had plenty of time to watch TV on a Friday night. Um, and uh, so it was, a very, it was a very big deal in a number of respects, especially because it also kicked off um, the cancer uh, myth arc storyline, which uh, basically dominated the rest of season four to some degree. Um, it was a big deal. It's a big deal, Ben. So you're saying that the X-Files was in what the similar position to what Crazy Ex-Girlfriend would be in? No. Oh. it's a Friday show. No, but like Crazy Ex Girlfriend would have, they would, they, the, CV, the CW would have to be trying to make a mainstream play for it. Whereas maybe that's their opportunity. No, they got the I, Super I don't Bowl, think. I don't. They'd think, be like, boom. I think the CW though is pretty okay with the fact that Crazy Ex Girlfriend is what it is. I think they don't want to change it. I don't agree with that, but continue. I don't know. They they seem very happy with it, Ben. I think they're they're happy with the show itself. I don't think they're happy with the ratings for the show. Well, they're, they're not happy with the ratings for the show, but they also don't. I mean, there's no way to make a version. There's no way you would have to fundamentally change the show in order to make it a show that. Are you all saying America that watches. the X Files fundamentally changed when it went from Friday to Sunday nights? No, it just got. To, it just. I feel like it, it's it's untapped potential got discovered. I think that Crazy Ex Girlfriend has an untapped potential that's ready to be discovered. Well, that's a really nice thing for you to say about Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Well, it's great. We should believe in these things. We should believe that when something is exposed to its maximum audience, if it is of high quality, then it will succeed. Hmm. Just like The Leftovers. 
Oh man, I saw somebody did a, uh, a Emmys predictor, and they were like, "The Leftovers has like half a chance at the Emmys this year." Well, what fool predicted that? Uh, Todd Vanderwolf, I think. Todd, come on, buddy. He's he knows better than that. Does he? Yep. Uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, the XL. The I feel like the you know picking when you pick when you get when you get the post Super Bowl slot, it is like a big opportunity. And it is always really fun to look back at the shows that have taken advantage of it or not taken advantage of it to some degree. Um, I'm still very fond of the uh, Alias episode, which is one of the best, I think, um, if only because it made such a big gambit right out the gate, right out of the gate, by throwing uh, Jennifer Garner in fancy lingerie, and then, uh, you know, eventually, uh, eventually also kicked off a major twist, plot twist for the episode. On this on this BuzzFeed article that you cited, yeah, they describe it's at the bottom of the list, mm-hmm. and it's also described first and foremost as a famous failure. Not on a creative level, episode's great. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what matters. Frankly, I I don't understand how people wouldn't want to stick around. It's got spy action. It's got hot Jennifer Garner and lingerie. Yeah, why wouldn't you want to watch that? It, and she she strides out into the song ACDC's Black, Back in Black. Is that at the start of the episode? Very start of the episode. Oh, they, they programmed First, this thing perfectly then. Yeah. No, they knew exactly what they were doing with this episode of television. It's fantastic. I blame the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, that's probably the right people to blame. Yeah, they just they beat they beat down those Oakland Raiders just too much. And that resulted in a lot of people being like, I can't even. Do I you actually remember the sporting game? Anymore. Sure. Yeah? Yeah. Tampa and Oakland. Was that a good? Was that actually a good? Uh, it was super a blowout. Bowl? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's boring then. Exactly. So that's not the. That's not Alias's fault. Let's pretend that's true. It's sports. Sports fault. I always blame sports. It's easy to. Yeah. There's not a lot of things. Well, let's not get into that. <laughs> okay. I like the Grey's Anatomy episode. Yeah. That was good. What happens in that one? That's the one with the bomb. There's a bomb in the hospital. There's a bomb in a body, I think. Huh. I can't remember it exactly, but it was very thrilling. It sounds like you're being sarcastic, but then I remember that you actually did watch and like Grey's Anatomy for a time. I very much enjoyed it for about three seasons. Yeah, McDreamy is the best. Is he the best? I thought McSteamy was the better one. No. No? Disagree strongly. <laughs> McDreamy is so good that underrated film gem, you guys, Maid of Honor, starring oh my God. McDreamy and Michelle Monaghan. It's actually really good. I have a friend, uh, my good friend Frank, uh, who hates Michelle Monaghan for some reason. What an idiot. I don't know. Like, it's just a thing. And I hate Michelle Monaghan? I don't know. She's lovely. My friend Frank. She played Angie Gennaro in <laughs> Gone Baby Gone. You know, not everyone looks to Gone Baby Gone as the touchstone that you do. How do you not? I actually don't know if I've seen Gone oh Baby Gone. Oh, my God. Liz. <laughs> All right, we might, have the, we might have a Boston episode next week. No matter what. I don't know how we'll relate it to TV, but it might have to happen because <sighs> Elizabeth. Surely there's been a TV show set in Boston beyond not Cheers. Not enough. Yeah, and they they did not. Huge missed opportunity in Cheers not highlighting authentic Boston accents. Mm-hmm. Well, they want people to be able to understand what people were saying. That is absolutely secondary when it comes to them hearing a Boston accent. Hmm. Oftentimes, interpreting whatever the hell they're saying is the fun part of hearing the accent because you're just trying to figure it out and then you can put in better words than they would than they actually said. Uh, I'm really disappointed, by the way. Patriots Day did not make 
as much money at the box office as I thought it was going to. How much did it make? I think it's stuck in like the 20s right now. Oh, that is low. I mean, Lone Survivor pulled in about 100. Yeah, different times. True, true. They followed similar release patterns to me, which 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 hurt both of them in the awards game because mm-hmm. they were coming out so late and they didn't have any festival push. I mean, technically, Patriots Day premiered at AFI, but... Anyway, this is very important for TV yeah, audiences. Of course. So. Well, I've got a final question for you before we move on. Thank you. Um, if you could pick any show, not The Leftovers, as the post-Super Bowl episode, what show would it be? And I don't think you'd want to pick The Leftovers anyway because... Oh, I definitely would. Well, I mean, but it's so serialized. Like, That's fine. How do you throw people into that? Uh, you do a standalone episode. You do Nora. Um, you do the do the... The, the Nora episode from season one or okay. Christopher Eccleston you know that could work yeah or the season two premiere that would have worked too because um, what the Super Bowl audience really wants to see right away is a, is a prehistoric woman giving birth it's not about what they want Liz it's about giving them what they need fair what they want is 24 what they need is the left <laughs> Um, that's a tough one to, to just pick out of nowhere, especially barring the idea that it has to be on broadcast. I mean, a lot of my favorite no, shows... No, I'm, 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 I'm removing the broadcast uh, thing yeah, from that's it. Right. That's, yeah, yeah. Bar, barring the idea that it has to be on... Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of my favorite shows are pretty low rated. I mean, The Americans struggles a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're the worst struggles a bit. Uh, we have no idea if Bojack Horseman gets good ratings or not, but I can't imagine it's it's some sort of Goliath to Netflix. Um that's tricky. Do you have one in mind? Well, I was thinking about Colony, because I feel like that's. I mean, it's an under, it, like just an underseen show. Um, yeah. Like, but I feel like if people were kind of, you know, found found themselves watching it rather than like actively seeking it out, it could intrigue them. Like, I think it's a it's a the pilot especially. Like, I think had like a nice entry into the world. Yeah, it needs it does it needs that kind of hook. It yeah. needs something where. It's got an addictive factor to it. Mm-hmm. It would help if it ended on some kind of twist. Oh, yeah. Um, Colony Pilot ends on a big twist. You know, comedies, they're kind of subjective, so it's its tougher to push those. I tell you what, what would be the best one these days? Mm-hmm. And then it obviously could never happen. But if they could put Veep on after the Super Bowl, if, if Veep was doing... Oh, this is gonna. This is just gonna hurt to say out loud because okay. now we're never gonna have it. We're never gonna be able to experience. If if Veep right now could drop a special edition, like hour long, even half hour, I don't care, hour, like episode, right now, right into the ether after the Super Bowl to fifty million people watching at home. Oh my God, that would be just that would be the best thing to happen. I've got I've got two words for you. Two. I, I'm gonna improve upon your idea. Okay. Live episode. Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know if they can do it. That would be, if they pulled that off, all the awards. All like, the awards forever. I wouldn't even, for like upcoming seasons, everything they were eligible for next year, I wouldn't even submit other shows. If they could pull off a Veep live episode that was that was blocked and, and read as cleanly as they do, like those lines have such a rat-a-tat rhythm oh, to God, them. Yeah. It's so perfectly constructed in the editing. The transitions are beautiful, scene to scene. Like everything about it is so tight 
and then there's so much in the background going on like and and a lot of that is a credit to the actors so they can probably do that on cue but at the same time seeing that happen would be that'd be incredible i i wouldn't demand that of a post-super bowl episode i don't know if that's a requisite i don't know if i'd want to hinder them at all just let them just let them do whatever they want to do to the best of their abilities because when they're when they're when they're given whatever they want, they obviously know how to do it. I would love to see that in in America right now. That's what we need. That would be incredible. You heard it here, folks. We want to. We want. We want. We want Veep now. Somebody who knows David Mandel, send this along to him, and then make sure to CC Casey Bloys, and we'll figure out. We've we got to figure out a way to do it. I mean, how do they? Just saying, maybe like a table read. Like a Facebook Live, a Facebook Live table read. Like you guys have a lunch break, just get some script pages together. You know, film, know. film, film. You guys sitting at the lunch table. Ah, scratch it. The, the the problem isn't that they wouldn't be able to do it. The problem would be getting it to that many people. That's yeah. So, anyway, dare to dream. Dare to dream. Anyways, I feel like you know. Hopefully, hopefully America survives. Hopefully America survives through to the Super Bowl. Um, and then hopefully you you have a lovely time watching it. Um, please report back on how whether or not you did enjoy watching the Super Bowl this year. We're, we're always happy to hear these sorts of things. Liz at IndieWire.com, Ben at IndieWire.com. And in the meantime, Ben, what was the best thing you watched last week? Uh, Big Little Lies. Yeah? Yep. You're under embargo. No, I'm not. You're not? No. When When is it your embargo left? Monday. Okay. Well, in that case, good. I'm yeah. glad you liked it. I know. I've been waiting. Been yeah. holding on to it. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Love yeah. Big Little Lies. Coming out uh, February 17th, I think, uh, whatever that Sunday is around that date. Nicole Kidman. Yeah. And Reese Witherspoon. Shailene Woodley. I like Adam that you always, put, you always put uh, uh, Nicole Kidman first. She was in Moulin Rouge, Liz. She <laughs> goes first. That's how it works. Reese now, Witherspoon was in Legally Blonde. Yeah, that's not. No. <laughs> don't. Don't be ridiculous. Now, if, like, Jake Gyllenhaal, Heath Ledger were involved, then they'd take precedence because they were in Brokeback Mountain. Ah, it's if like, Al Pacino's involved, Godfather. Does Al Pacino beat Nicole Kidman? Yeah. That's sad. Uh, subjective truth. Does Al Pacino beat Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah. Hmm. Objective truth. Does anyone, who beats, uh, who beats Al Pacino? Uh, maybe Robert Duvall. Hmm. It'd be other people in The Godfather. Okay. The Godfather always wins. Yes. Okay. This is good to know. It's good information for me to have. And then Godfather is second only to everyone in The Leftovers. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So Godfather doesn't beat all. Well, I was just making a little joke. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Big Little Lies is fantastic. A uh, lot to talk about. A lot of... I don't want to say fun, but honestly, there is a lot of fun within it. It's It's not... It's, 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 it's a it's, dark show. It's an intense show. It's a mystery. But there are elements in it with a lot of black humor that mm-hmm. will get to you. And then I got to give a shout out to Adam Scott because we'll talk about this when the episode airs. But he's got a scene, I think it's episode two, where he just slays. And it's a beautiful thing to oh, see. Oh, God, yeah. We should talk about this offline because I've, I've seen all four episodes. You've, you're also through? Nope, two. Just the two? Oh. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, I, yeah, it's pretty incredible. He's the man. He's the man. Uh, but Liz, what's the best thing you saw last week? Well, I watched a lot over the weekend because uh, I, if you if you can't tell by the tone of my voice and maybe me being a slightly loopy, I'm a little under the weather. Uh, so I spent a lot, got a lot of couch time in. I guarantee if anybody's coming across as loopy on this episode, it's me. Yeah. Uh, 
You're welcome. <laughs> but uh, I did get a lot of couch time in. But I'm going to shout out, um, oddly enough, for something I didn't expect to be quite so addictive, which is uh, Sci-Fi's The Magicians. Which, Magicians. Um, it's, I, I wouldn't say it's the best best television of the year or anything, but Han, Han our, our lovely Han uh, recommended that I give it a real watch. And because I, I vaguely tried the pilot, I think, last year when it premiered. And I found myself pretty hooked in and to the point where I finished season one and I immediately loaded up my season two screeners because I needed to keep watching. So it's um, a good sign. Yeah, no, it's it's you know, it's one of those things where if you feel compelled to keep watching the television, that is a very good and important thing to recognize. Did they did you play the board game they sent us while you watched? No, but I have you, have you played that yet? No. Because you know, you're still alive. It's a drinking yeah. game they sent us. Yeah, it's the day for the apocalypse, which technically it's it's got to be one of these days coming up anyway. So mm-hmm. just pick it and go for it. But uh, yeah, a lot of drinking. A lot of drinking that game, as as is in the show. Um, it's fun. It's a, there's a lot of there's a lot to admire about it. You know, really strong standout cast. Uh, yeah, I I I had to give it a real chance, and I kind of had to like sink into it but once i finally once once i did i did finally you know really commit to it excellent yeah what's the next thing you're looking forward to the next thing i'm looking forward to is a little series that i know nothing about other than it stars detroiters ah. um it's a comedy central series uh from sam richardson uh, executive produced by jason sudeikis i literally don't know anything about it i know it's supposed to be pretty funny I've talked to a few fellow critics who are enthusiastic about it, um, but I have avoided trailers. I've avoided spots. Uh, it's coming out on Tuesday, February 8th? Yeah. Um, 7th. 7th? Yeah. Okay, great. The day after this this drops. And I'm very excited to see it, so that's next in my queue to watch. And, um, I mean, Sam Richardson, what can you – you can't go wrong, right? Nope. Nope, can't. Can't do it. He's amazing. He's the best. Did you see uh, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates? I did. I loved him. He's great. And that was a great movie. That was a really fun movie. It was really fun. Yeah. Zach Efron, man. Your I'm favorite. In. I'm in. You are such a Zach Efron. What is the term for Zach Efron fangirl? Like, there's got to be like some sort of like ba- like bailheads or something. I don't know. Okay, you're you're. Uh, I am that. Yes, yeah, you I'm, are that. Though. I'm an Efronite. Efronite. I'm. That's all I got. Yeah, that's pretty good, though. But it just means that you and I can go see Baywatch together. Because oh, yeah. you're there for The Rock, and I'm there for Zac Efron. <laughs> and we'll both just sit there and be like, God damn it, why are we watching Baywatch? This is going to be terrible. And then we're like, oh, but it wasn't that bad. Because it I just, I just see us, I just see us giving each other multiple high fives over. Um, like Just like, yeah, look yeah. at our boys. Yeah. Ripped. Did it. <laughs> Let's hope so. That'd be a plot twist. Liz, what are you looking forward to? I am looking forward to a bunch of things, but I think the thing I'm going to mention is Michael Bolton's uh, super sexy Valentine's Day special, which is on my homework, is, is uh, something that's also premiering on next this Tuesday. Um, and it's on Netflix, and it's uh, basically Michael Bolton and the Lonely Island teaming up again for something on the level of their ne- uh, SNL short, Captain Jack Sparrow. Should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. It's, uh, they haven't done a whole lot of publicity for this one. No, There's it's kind of sneaking there. in. Yeah. But it's 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 Valentine's Day, and I I don't know if I care about Valentine's Day this year because I'm, of course, you know, living the solo monk-like life of a, of a television uh, person. But, uh, you know, one day, who knows? 
That's the other thing that's interesting about the release is they're putting it out on what? The 7th? The 8th? The 7th. 7th. Um, so even though it's a Valentine's Day special, they're premiering it a week before Valentine's Day. So it's like either they're betting on it kind of just gaining traction mm-hmm. or they expect people to wait or they expect people to just sample it however they want to sample it. But I don't know. I'm interested to see the actual product, if only to understand the kind of marketing plan behind it. Yeah, it'll be. It, 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 I feel like there's a lot of there are a lot of question marks around it, but I'm, I, I think it should be fun. Um, and you'll be able to read all about it on IndieWire.com, where you can also find news, reviews, interviews, features. And if you want more about Patriots Day, more about uh, Mike and Dave need wedding dates, um, I think there's probably some old episodes of Screen Talk with our own Eric Cohen and Ann Thompson that would be perfect for you. Um, you can also listen to new ones from mm-hmm. information on new films that aren't discussed on TV podcasts. Um, if you're looking for TV, though, make sure you listen to our own Michael Schneider on the Turn It On podcast. Uh, he's got everything you could possibly want on a week-to-week basis for what's coming up immediately, what you need to know about right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, lots of good podcasts. Yeah, and you can find Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travers. You can find Liz on Twitter at Lizlet. That's with an I and then an E. That is correct. We will be back next week for episode 99. 99, guys. This is 98. Next one's 99. Is that, are we sure? Pretty sure. Is that how the, are we sure that's the number though? Yeah. Like, 90, this is 98. This is next week's 99. Sounds off to me. All right. Well, if we're wrong, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> in the meantime, you guys keep watching television. Thank you.